Hello, this is Minute 38 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am Joel Torres, your host this week, and with me today are Lindsay Busco. Hello. And Ben Sunday. Hey. The minute, minute 38, starts off this week with Ty dancing to Rolling with the Homies right before something happens, and ends with Barfing in the Pool. Gross. We got a pretty good minute, I have oh, to yeah. say, to start off. Oh, yeah, off. top-notch. It's packed Rich with stuff. incident. Just like, I mean, that's one of the famous minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Along with, uh... What movie did we watch again? Oh, Clueless, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. I have to say that I was uh, very impressed with, um... Not sure if you took into account the extras in the in the kitchen scenes, uh, but those party kids are doing their best prop acting. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're doing that thing where they're holding bottles and cups and pretending to drink from them like very obviously not mm-hmm. it's pretty great i appreciate it very much uh there i was trying like i rewound this minute because i was trying to pick out details uh that could be that we could talk about that the background people were doing but yeah there was like generic action i thought that one of them was like Showing another person, like, oh, if the cork is stuck in this wine bottle, you just press it down. But I think that was just me trying to fill in some sort of backstory. <laughs> some narrative. For... <laughs> yeah. It's happening. Yeah. So Ty gets hit with a shoe. Pretty catastrophic. Yeah. She goes down hard. That was a slapstick goodness moment. I, as I've grown older, I've grown to appreciate slapstick a lot more. I thought, I actually thought when, uh, when she sits back up when she's on the uh, the countertop and hits her head again on that lamp. When I was younger, that was the funniest thing in the f-ing world to me. <laughs> that she would hit her head again. It really pays off. For me, the funniest part is seeing Travis scurry up with those um, two small handfuls of ice like he's going to help. <laughs> she needs yeah. ice. Oh, poor Travis. Yeah. He gets shoved off real quick, though. Yeah. yeah. Elton has to sort of be controlled into helping uh, Ty, but Travis is, you know, right there by her side immediately. He, he clearly really likes her, but he's not getting in, and at least at this point. <laughs> No, poor sweet Travis. Yeah, he's got legitimate concern. And I also like how uh, Cher sort of dismisses him from the situation. Like She says, uh, Ty would have wanted you to enjoy the party. Like, Ty slipped (laughs) into a coma, and this is her last (laughs) wish for Travis, for him to enjoy the party, because she can't. But apparently that was enough for him. He was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I guess that makes sense. (laughs) I'm going to enjoy this party twice as much for the both of us. Yeah. Poor Travis. I feel like he's just, he's yet used to getting brushed aside. I mean, that was just like... It was really easy for her to do that to him. Well, I mean, he's a stoner, obviously. Nobody yeah. in the school takes him seriously. He probably has a concussion himself from that fall before. Mm, before true, minute, true. But when yeah. the party started, yeah. No, nobody stopped to see if Travis was doing okay. Where's his eyes, yeah. right? He's just a loady. He's like... <laughs> uh, Elton gives that look. Like when Cher's uh, like, oh, Elton, help. He gives a look like, I know what's going on. Mm. Yeah. Pretty telling i guess I, I don't know when you say that do you mean that he knows that Cher is trying to hook him up with ty or well no no i think that it, it's like oh she needs my help like oh, okay. not not ty needs my help but mm-hmm. oh Cher needs my help i'm gonna show yeah. her how good a guy i can be yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm yeah. gonna be a nice guy i mean he actually 
does come off as pretty nice in this scene, especially if you're watching the film for the first time and you don't know what happens with him later. Like, I thought he was actually really sweet with Ty. I mean, maybe it's possible to read in his eyes some ulterior motive. Yeah, I think that's only something you can read after after knowing what happens with his whole storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, totally. But yeah, it's there. I think it's there. As much as he's trying to read into, like, Cher's subtle, like, hinting, he's very dense about it <laughs> because all mm-hmm. of her yeah. hinting has been towards, like, getting him together with Ty. I don't know how you can be that, like, dense and also, like, that reading that much into what someone's telling you. As somebody who was a high school boy at one point, I'm pretty sure I would have been that dense. Mm. <laughs> was yeah. ever in that kind of situation. Well, yeah, I mean, you always get laser-like focus on the one girl you do like, and then anything else happening to anyone else is just sort of incidental. Yeah, exactly. every time she's like, hey, this other girl over here, she's pretty cute, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, totally. And then in oh, your head, yeah. you're like, oh my god, she's totally talking to me. This is great. We're gonna We're gonna hit it off. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to bond over our mutual admiration of this third girl. <laughs> uh, the ties that... Uh, I, I don't know what I'm saying. The ties that bind. <laughs> the ties that bind. Thank you. Words. The ties yeah. that get knocked out. So did you guys watch any the the part before this? Any of the stuff before? Or did no, you just like go to, straight to the minute? I like to enjoy these things completely context-free i haven't seen the rest of clueless i've only seen this one single individual minute but i think i can infer the rest of the film i mean it's it's a a cautionary story about head trauma right like a (laughs) sort of prequel to will smith's concussion pretty much yeah yeah Yeah, i've watched um i watched clueless a lot as a as a kid um as a tween in teen um and i actually rewatched it recently and uh Hmm. today i watched um the minutes back to back. So pretty familiar. <laughs> I, was, I was just wondering because there are Christmas director decorations everywhere. And I was yeah. wondering if at any point beforehand they were like, oh, it's a Christmas in summertime or whatever. The, the, the timeline of Clueless is actually a little mysterious, I think. Uh, I feel like the implication is that this film takes place over the course of like an entire year or potentially even more time than that. I mean, yeah. Alton does say later on something that suggests that a lot of time has passed since the very beginning of this film. And also, of course, at the beginning, we know that Cher is not 16 yet. And then later on, she is 16. So she must have had like a birthday at some point in between. But you never actually see that. And there are very few markers of time in general. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I always took it as uh, like the the movie started not at the very beginning of the school year, but early into the school year. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure where I got that from, <laughs> but that's the impression that I had. I think it's because of uh, of Christian not being there for one semester, mm-hmm. that whole explanation earlier in the movie um, of Christian um, possibly coming um, or supposedly coming uh, the next semester. I suppose yeah. it must have been the first semester since they should have known that. Like, if it was later on in the year. Well, and it's funny that Cher knows that for some reason, and the teacher yeah. doesn't. It's something that you would think, like, you would think he wouldn't even be um, registered with the school. <laughs> yeah. That's the Beverly Hills or wherever they are for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just people doing whatever they want, whenever they want, mm-hmm. at school. Going back to the scene, like, I, I feel like something that we'd want to point out is this is probably my favorite iteration of the rolling with the homies lyrics. Oh, yes. Brittany this Murphy is... actually does a pretty good job. Like, she has a pretty good voice, surprisingly, when she uh, does it, despite having had the uh, blow to the head. Oh, yeah. That's something that stuck in my head for a while. And I think the head of a bunch of my friends, that rolling with the homies that Brittany sings that was something that i don't know if like 
other kids saying that <laughs> to each other, but mm. <laughs> me and my friends did. Yeah. Ben, were you under the assumption that Brittany Murphy actually was injured on set? Oh, yeah, right? I mean, this is a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they All just right, uh, right, right, right. saw this party going on in the valley and they thought, hey, let's go in with a camera and capture. <laughs> yeah, why not? Made a res. <laughs> this was like the, the first Vice documentary, basically. Mm-hmm. Directors yeah, driving yeah. around looking yeah. for uh-huh. locations. Might as well. Just a party with some typical uh, 20-something teens, you know, living it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get freaking over here. We're going to film a scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not familiar with that song, and I was not familiar with that song uh, at the time. I don't know how square that makes me sound, but I well, don't really care. I tried to look up some information on it, and I feel like it might have been a song that was created just for the soundtrack of Clueless, as sort of a generic thing to play in the background. Yeah, it's by uh, it's by Coolio, so yeah. it doesn't make you a square to not know it, because Coolio's kind of... <laughs> Like the the least cool of rappers, despite his which namesake. is ironic. Yeah, <laughs> wait, Coolio less cool than Flavor Flav? Uh, they might they might exist on the same plate, like I, I, Flavor Flav. Yeah, yeah. Like, would this have been before or after the Dangerous Minds soundtrack, which was when Coolio was at the apex of coolness? Oh yeah, I, I think, think it this might have been. been right before yeah so he was working uh his way up on the uh, ladder of uh film tra- soundtracks <laughs> yeah <laughs> really honing his craft until yeah. he could finally have that breakout with gangsta's paradise listen coolio if your song does real good in that clueless i think we got another job for you later <laughs> uh yeah yeah <laughs> but we're gonna stick Last... with the school theme <laughs> <laughs> yeah you found your niche, you uh, gotta stick with it. Last I saw Coolio, it was um, some sort of like a cooking web series where he was uh, teaching people how to make food. And the episode I saw was for Coolio's uh, panty dropping caprizi salad. Oh, nice. Yeah. I knew he came out with a book. I didn't realize that he had like a whole web series too, but that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. For a little while, I had a fantasy of um, like uh, Julie and Julia, where she, the woman cooks her way through the <laughs> Julia Child cookbook. I thought maybe I could like. Cook my way through the uh, Coolio cookbook, and then uh, Amy Adams could play me in a movie. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be great. I would pay to watch that movie. (laughs) I don't think I've got anything else I can say, but let it... (laughs) Sorry. Going back to uh, Brittany Murphy's uh, rendition of Rolling with the Homies, she actually had a... um, She did have a background in music, apparently. Yeah, Yeah, she uh, did a song for Paul Oakenfield called faster kill pussycat and she did some background singer stuff too oh that's awesome and I, yeah and apparently she was like uh attached to a janice joplin biopic that never got off the ground but i oh, mean it's interesting to think rad. about uh what could have happened for her with regards to a musical career on the side i mean if Lindsay lowen yeah. can have a hit album like maybe Brittany murphy could have too <laughs> she's gonna eat one out <clears throat> yeah totally I'm taking more notes from this discussion we're having in the podcast than I did from the minute. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Julio and Lohan together at last. So let's talk about the first time you guys saw this movie. Now, Ben, you said you've never seen it before. Would you say that was was a lie? I was lying. That was a lie. Okay. Okay. I've been uh, caught in my own web of deceit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember the first time I saw it though. I feel like it's one of those movies that I saw bits and pieces of on cable at various points, and then I sort of constructed the entire clueless experience from that. And then 
it was probably years later that I actually sat down and watched the entire thing. Because when it came out, I was, you know, probably early teens, I guess. I don't really want to do the math, but I was definitely at one of those ages where, as a young man, I would have thought, oh man, I can't see this girl movie, you know? <laughs> it's got cooties in it. Yeah, exactly. I would have contracted cooties, and then <laughs> Elijah Wood would have had to come after me. I was about, like, 10, 11 when this came out, um, and so this really shaped my idea of, like, what being in high school was, and by that, I mean, it was one of the movies that made high school super disappointed for me. Um, <laughs> it's So it's it's kind of been in my life for, I mean... Longer than it hasn't, <laughs> uh, and it's a movie that I'll rewatch every now and then just because I enjoy watching it. Um, and it it really kickstarted my uh, like teen romance phase. It felt sort of counterintuitive to me, at least from looking at it just as a straight thing rather than a sort of satire. To have a film that was focused on the popular kids in school instead of the uh, cool underdogs that you know I would have uh, more readily related to, and which I think most people are able to relate to more so than the uh, really uh, rich, popular, and attractive individuals in a school. True. Oh, yeah, and that's what the, the movie does well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Makes you give a about them. Yeah, mm. like really making um, somebody who you might want to see uh, get their comeuppance at the end of a normal film into somebody who can carry a story herself and who you can really like, even though you have literally nothing in common with them. Yeah. Give me all kinds of high school flashbacks. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I already talked about this on the, the other episodes I hosted, uh, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Save, Save by the Bell can be lumped in there with, with media that, that made high school out to be much more than it is. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. much more fun so i think that's uh pretty good on this uh that was minute 38 of clueless ben do you want to plug anything that you've been doing i'm not a very productive person but i have some writing on 366weirdmovies.com and the brattle theater film notes blog if you want to check that out very cool Lindsay. yeah um i have a podcast with some of my bros uh we it's not very original uh, we uh watch uh movies that have um either were either failures or um or have been made obscure over time um and we try to see if they were worth forgetting or not it's called forgotten failures mm -hmm. and uh the last movie we watched uh, the last one that was released um is probably my favorite episode might not be the best episode but i really enjoyed it um and it's hentai common um which is a japanese uh like superhero spoof movie that's based off of a manga and it's amazing lots of dick and ball jokes very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and also, I will be um, on future episodes of this show. So you can uh, listen to future episodes up to minute 42. Excellent. Uh, assuming the world doesn't end before these episodes get released, that is mm -hmm. true. Fingers for crossed. All of us. Well, I mean, if the world does end, then I hope that this episode and the others remain as the uh, last uh, vestige of human civilization so that a uh, future. Uh, creatures might be able to piece humanity back together from this one <laughs> remnant that we've left behind. Yeah, I should, when we're done, I should put these onto some reel-to-reels and, like, bury them somewhere so they don't get destroyed. Yeah, we could put them like, on a golden disc and shoot them in the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, launch them into space. Yeah. <laughs> what is this clueless? <laughs> <laughs> but don't include the movie with... <laughs> oh, no, no, of course with not. ...with a review. <laughs> you gotta see it in your mind's eye. It's mm. even better. 
Then Alien Cher went to a party. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see the alien make of Clueless based off of the As If podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta be way more detailed from these minutes from now on. So uh, I'm one of the co-hosts of Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, a weekly science fiction and fantasy movie podcast you can get us on itunes stitcher we have a facebook page just check us out if you are interested in science fiction and fantasy movies we cover very obscure stuff like quincy's quest and uh stuff people everybody knows people everybody like uh bill and ted's excellent adventure so thank you both for joining me for this minute. Yeah, sure thing. We will see you next minute, minute 39. Until then, adios. Uh, later. Thanks for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. It is produced and edited by Darren Husted. Executive produced and hosted by Joel Torres with my guests Lindsay Busco and Ben Sunday. Follow us on Facebook at As If The Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. And follow us on Instagram, As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.